0: pete DeBoer has been around the nhl to say the least over the past few years he's coached some competitive teams he's now coaching another competitive team in dallas he had this to say about the team that beat his stars here in pittsburgh the other night I think it's always a measuring stick when you play some of the elite teams in the league, and this is definitely one of them. Was he right? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins are back to practice Today in Cranberry, Mike Sullivan gave the players kind of a day off yesterday. They refer to these things as off ice workouts. They're just video sessions. After that, their charter will take off for Sunrise, Florida. Will they face the Panthers tomorrow night and then onward to Raleigh, North Carolina to face the Hurricanes on Sunday? That's not a picnic trip, but they will go into both matchups as the favorite. Why? Because DeBoer might just be right. See, the thing is, if you go over the Penguin season to date, it would be kind of easy to label them streaky slumpy. They started off 4-0-1, they lost seven in a row, and they've since gone 13-2-2. That's really striking in contrast. However, the real contrast is Not exactly that easily delineated. To me, the contrast was created on that trip through St. Paul, Winnipeg, and Chicago, where they remembered that they need to win by defending. That's what they've gotten back to doing. Over this past month, not only have they won almost every game they've played, but they've beaten some of the NHL's other teams in the league's top 10 among the overall standings and they've done it in every single case by out defending the opponent so when someone like a deburr comes into town again with his own pretty good hockey team because the stars themselves are a top 10 outfit right now they look across to what the penguins are doing the coaches especially with admiration because they know they've got their own talented guys. They know they've got their own players who are capable of scoring in their sleep, but they also know that it's not always easy to convince those types of players to defend first and foremost. Mike Sullivan's done that. So, yes, from the opposing head coach's perspective, you're going to want to be a little bit over the top, about any kind of assessment about the penguins because you'd like to get your guys to do the same thing however there remains merit to what Boer said this portion of daily shot of penguins is brought to you by the good people at the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania they in turn need your help find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Don't look at it from the standpoint of what the Penguins have done. Look at it instead with what they could do with what they've got. And I understand that that can be a pie-in-the-sky thing, except that what I'm mostly referring to here is the power play. The Penguins have now scored a power play goal in six consecutive games. First time they've done that in a while definitely the first time this season by no coincidence they've won six games in a row through almost all of what i described the streaky slumpy thing the one consistent factor has been that the power play particularly the first unit has been well trash really when it comes to results And even in the game against Dallas, the one power play goal that was scored was by the second unit on that gorgeous pass by Kasperi Kapanen to P.O. Joseph. And that was on a rush. That wasn't even a setup. The power play has miles to go. But the power play has the capability to get there because we've seen that with this group of players. They will figure it out. They absolutely, unconditionally, unequivocally will produce goals with a man advantage at an, here's the word again, elite level. And that hasn't been there to date. Now, how much more dangerous can the Penguins be if they've got a power play that's producing, that's punishing the other team for taking penalties against them, or once we get into more Metro play for being excessively physical or dirty against them, that, my friends, is one wildly swinging variable. And, best of all, it's the one variable on this roster where the age of the team is actually a benefit. Really, think about this. The one facet of your hockey team that isn't going to be affected by how old guys are and really it'll be that much stronger for all the experience they have including the experience together is your power play it's part of why it's been nuts that it hasn't clicked to date But it will. It will. And I don't have answers for it either other than go crash the net, guys, shoot the puck more, send it down low, whatever. It's not anything that they haven't been hearing from Sullivan and Todd Reardon for months now. But they have to make that commitment. They have to be the ones who collapse low on the net. They have to be one going to the dirty areas to get the rebounds and the tips and the deflections and everything else. They have to do that. Those players, those five or six guys that are involved in that top unit, they have to do that. But I've got another suggestion within that. It's wonderful that Ricard Raquel has been moved to the first unit. I liked a lot of what Brian Rust brought, but I love what Raquel could bring. If they can find it within themselves, and Raquel himself can find it within himself to become the conduit on that left half wall, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you paid attention to him in the Dallas game. He stands tall over there. He's facing the middle of the rink. It comes very naturally to him. He can shoot. He's always a threat to score when he shoots from wherever he is in the offensive zone, but he also can distribute. He can dissect the box. He can go back to the point. He can feed it down low, maybe to sit on the other side of the, I see a lot of potential with this. I hope the team takes it seriously, and I hope the players on the rink don't worry about any sort of hierarchy as to, well, I've been here a number of years, and I should be the one that it's running through. Sid thinks he's a, a right half wall player. He's really a lot better down low. Gino, as the point guy, likes to be in control. Chris Letang likes to be in control, and neither of them is all that great at it. Let someone take charge of this power play the way Phil Kessel once did. And if you have it from that position, same place Kessel used to plan himself. Wow, so much the better. When we come back, J1Q. Learn more at marines.com. In lieu of a regular old J1Q today, I thought I'd do something a little bit different. A bunch of entries came this way that expressed just, I guess, happiness, for lack of a better word, with the state of the team right now. And... I wanted to share some of those, and I'll explain why after I do. This one comes from Ed, who says, DK, I was at the Dallas game with my son, and we both left saying it felt like playoff hockey. The Penguins have decided to play defense. The whole team is doing it. Sid leading the way. Eve and Gino is doing it. If they keep playing like this and can stay healthy, look out to the rest of the NHL. The Penguins look like they're on a mission. Mary writes, Kudos to Ron Hextall for not panicking during the losing streak and for giving the guys the chance to work it out. They definitely have figured things out and look so focused and determined. Brian writes Great to see P.O. Joseph getting the chance to thrive, particularly since the Penguins were looking to move on from him early in the season. I have a lot of these and they keep coming and they keep coming. And one thing I've tried to do throughout my career in journalism, whether it's in writing or doing silly stuff like this, is to be fair and to make sure that in the moment, you're not just going for what quote unquote sells. Uh, that's easy and lazy to do in this business. I could put a negative blistering uh, headline slash theme together for every column I write, for every show that I do. And I guarantee you my engagement and visits and everything else would go through the roof. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in doing right by the subject matter. And what I'm hearing from you guys, for the most part, not universally, is a belief in what you're seeing with this hockey team. There are issues. This isn't about being a Pollyanna. I mentioned the power play, but that's not the only one. I still don't know what's wrong with Brian Dumoulin, for example. And there are going to be further health issues. Sorry to say that, you know, uh, knock on wood or whatever it is that would make anybody happy, but they're going to come. This team has been mostly healthy to date. Jeff Petrie going on LTIR yesterday was really the first big blow. But what I think I like the most about this team after... The way they've defended over the past month, that's a big number one with me, is that if you look at their scoring stats, not the advanced stuff, not the fanciness, just look at the plain old goals, assists, and points, it has a feel of, yeah, this makes sense. This is what this is supposed to look like. The top six scorers happen to be your top six forwards. That's what you want. Sidney Crosby is your leading scorer and one of the leading scorers in the NHL. Also, makes sense. Evgeny Malkin is once again one of the better players in the league. He's still capable of taking command of a game the way he did to those poor stars the other night. Jake Gensel is still popping goals. Brian Russ had his struggles, but he's Still producing. Ricard Raquel's been the team's single most consistent player in any context. And Jason Zucker not only has been productive, he's been dangerous in his own way in how he goes to the net and sets screens. But, oh, guess what else? He's still playing. Where's that wood again? Once Teddy Bluger returned, the bottom six started to make sense again. Kasperi Kapanen is producing. You see where I'm going here? You wanted more than anyone on the blue line for Marcus Petterson and P.O. Joseph to be the ones who rise up. Why? They're the youngest. They're lefties. They make Dumoulin potentially expendable. And you wanted Petrie to be that guy who could kind of augment... Latang is a number one or a 1B, and he's done that. All of this has made sense, and I haven't even gotten to the most important position because Tristan Jari's been one of the league's best goaltenders over the past month. And Casey DeSmith's been serviceable certainly a lot earlier in this season than he's tended to be in past seasons. This stuff is starting to add up. It makes sense. It isn't perfect, But it's also the middle of December. I appreciate everything that I get from everybody when it comes to this show, including the nasty stuff and the negative stuff and whatever else just means you're listening, right? (laughs) Let's do it again tomorrow.